Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to this edition of Believe in Grizzlies. Today I have Anthony Sane. He's a podcast member. Um, he has a podcast called The Grind Season on Odyssey. He also is the tribal chief of Grizz- Grizzly Twitter, and he's a pop star in Memphis. <laughs> What's, what it do, Anthony? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. I, I appreciate the introduction. I, I will agree to all of those. Um, I am a media pop star. I will take that. I was told by uh, Miss Laura with the Grizzlies that I asked Miss asked Miss Laura one time via text because Peter Edmondson was claiming that I wasn't a media pop star. And I asked him, I asked Miss Laura from the Grizzlies, how would she describe me? And she said, well, I wouldn't describe you as a media member per se either, or as a pop star. She said you were more of an influencer to me. So an said, influencer. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, um, so when I was on, um, I can't think of, uh, I, like my mind is gone now, you know, mm-hmm. the new show, that um on the Grizzlies um I can't think Grizz, of uh 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 Grizzby Grizzby he yeah. said I'm the mother of Grizz Twitter I like not mother I like now <laughs> make me the auntie I don't want to be the mother I want to be the auntie <laughs> trying to make me all old and stuff yeah yeah you you do I, I think he means mother from the disciplinary standpoint because I know okay. you came. To, I know you came to my rescue today when somebody was coming at me. So I, I look uh, at you. Yeah, now nah, that I that's the, that was the big sister up in there. Like, bro, yeah. what you talking uh, about? I'll take that too. Uh, you yeah. do kind of remind me a lot of my sister too, for real. Your sister. Uh, uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Grizzly season, regular season ended. Um, I don't say. I want to say on a good note because that game was terrible. But uh, the only good thing about it was Kenny Lofton Jr. with the 42 yeah. points and the 14 rebounds. So let's get to talking about the Stevens Ad- Adams injury and the lack of updates. How you feeling on that, Anthony? Uh, it's super unfortunate that we'll be that we won't go into the playoffs uh, Sunday with Stephen Adams. We all know what Stephen brings to the table: uh, elite level offensive rebounder, uh, brings general toughness to the team. Uh, we'll miss his energy. We'll miss a lot, you know, from him on both sides of the of the basketball. The way he, you know, sets picks for John, Mor- John Morant, clearing the path for him a lot. He's an above average passer. Uh, we're gonna miss a lot, you know, from Steve. I'm not gonna act like we not, we're not. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate that he won't be available, you know, to start the playoffs. I'm leaning towards him being back very sooner more than later. I don't think he's gonna miss the entire season. In a dream scenario, where we go to the NBA Finals. Uh, I, think that he'll be on the team before then uh <laughs> and i know it's odd that we're even having that kind of conversation but i think that if, if he's around uh i think he'll be back uh sooner than later i don't think it's going to be i don't think he's i definitely don't think he's going to miss the playoffs and i just don't feel like he's going to be you know if we make the finals type gone uh it's a it's an odd situation though man the grizzlies are known for kind of keeping things close to their vest but there are certain things that are just kind of standard nba practice that it seems like they don't do you know what i mean like giving you, you know, clear, efficient, and timely medical updates on players. You know, we, we got the notification from uh, Woj about mm-hmm. about him being out, probably being out for, for the playoffs. But we never got an official release from the Grizzlies at all. And I just think that's just not 
I just don't understand the purpose of that. You know what I mean? We're not asking you to give an explanation. Just basically say, hey, Stephen Adams is going to be week to week. He'll be, you know, we'll, he'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. You know, our intention is for him to make, you know, be out here for the playoffs. But right now he's not ready. You know, something like that. I don't know. I don't know how that's supposed to go. I don't know about NBA rules, CBA, how that's supposed to go. But it just seems like they could be a lot more transparent about it. It just seems like a very simple thing to do that they're not doing. Okay, I have a different theory on that. So to me, I'm with the theory now. To me, I think Stephen Adams is going to play in the playoffs. Um, because I feel like if he's out for the remainder of the playoffs, this, that, and the other, they would have issued a release. They haven't. We got a um, supposedly somebody told Walsh and Shams something. Did the team leak it to him? Did they hear from agents or things of that nature? There's no medical update from the Grizzlies. So for me, it's going to be a week before they play, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Stephen Adams may come back maybe in round one. Hey, I'm down for all that type of talk now. You know, that, that sounds like my kind of language. Uh, we've seen him, seen pictures of him, videos of him warming up in full gear, you know what I mean, down to the shoes and the socks. Uh, right. It's weird, man. It's weird for sure. Uh, so they played against the Thunder, you know, yesterday, and he was out there in full gear, you know what I mean, warming up. Right. Um, it's, it's really strange. I don't I like, That kind of stuff makes me think that he's not going to be gone the entire playoff for sure. Exactly, because they but, haven't released um, anything. Yeah, it's Because I was it's waiting strange. for that to happen. It didn't happen. I mean, it haven't happened yet. Maybe they're going to say something um, when they, you know, do the media stuff. Before the playoffs start, maybe, but I'm I'm just like, I'm not seeing it. I just think that he may come back round the first round. So let's yeah, get I would I would love to see it. Yeah. I would love to so see it. what are your thoughts on the waving of Kennedy Chandler and the signing of Kennedy Lock, Kenneth Lofton Jr. for him to be on the playoff roster? Um I'm I'm super happy for Lofton for sure. Um, super happy for him for sure. Um, I just think the timing is kind of weird. Steven Adams didn't get hurt yesterday. He didn't get hurt two weeks ago. He didn't get hurt a month ago. Steven Adams has been out since January. You know what I mean? Brandon Clark went down since then. We've still been seeing Kenneth Lofton in limited minutes. He's been more available. He's been on the active roster more, but they haven't been using him. And mm-hmm. I just thought that if you would have just really brought him along, imagine what he would have been at this point. You know what I mean? As long as, as, as Brandon Clark's been out, long as Steven Adams has been out. Um, we saw flashes of what he can do last night. Right. I don't really um, put too much into beating up on that Thunder team. I mean, you know, with him personally beating up on that Thunder team, they beat us. But I don't really put too much into that. But I definitely think if they had to use him more, we could have saw more from him. He'd have been more playoff ready. Like I put out when on Saturday when the action when the transaction took place, it just seems like an odd course of action that a guy that you haven't even been playing since Stephen Adams and since Brandon Clark is out that you sign him just in case, just to fortify things in, in, in the playoffs, but you hadn't even been using him. You know what I mean? You see guys who they get a run, they get opportunity, and I was like, yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and – because you cut a roster player. You cut a roster player to sign Kenneth Lofton, a guy who you hadn't even been playing. So it's just it's just an odd course of action, I think. I think it'll be fine. Uh, I don't think Lofton's going to play much in the playoffs at all. I know people have been disagreeing with me, but just kind of – 
judging of how Taylor Jenkins usually does things. I don't think he's going to play much. I would love to be wrong. I'm a big fan of, fan of Kenny Lofton for sure. But I just – I don't see it, but, you know, who knows. Yeah, for me with Kenny Lofton Jr., um, I think, like, when he first come into the game, he need more minutes. Um, and it seemed like when he get more minutes, he get the going. And, you know, the baby the baby Zebo come out. You know, he started doing those um, moves like Zebo and everything. Getting right. those boards, he used his big body, and I like the way you know he was uh battling with Valanciunas, um down there when they played New Orleans, even though they lost. But I, I like that that situation. But to me, I just think that, I mean, I think he ready. Other people might not think he ready, but I think he ready because he know how to use his body, and he's just a skilled player, you know, on the offensive end. I mean, you can't teach that. You don't get ready for that. It's natural. Mm-hmm. He, he know how to get buckets. So I don't, you know, like they may not, you know, use him, but we don't know if Jaron going to be in foul trouble. We don't know if Tim is going to be in foul trouble, but they're going to have to use him. And then we don't know how something Aldama's arm is. But I think he's going to get more minutes than I think we believe. You know, just in case a, yeah. a lot of things happen. But I just I think he's it, ready. It's just such a weird course of action. I totally agree. I thought he's been ready for months. And it's and I and that's something else I totally and I, I hinted at this on Twitter. There's something that's kind of been bothering me is that the Grizzlies typically applaud development. You know what I mean? Right. We've seen them try to develop much worse players than Kenneth Lofton Jr. Mm-hmm. And guys who told much less promise. I remember that the um what's the guy's name? The the European guy that was supposed to be a shooter that was terrible. He came the same year Ja came. Uh, they signed him. He's uh, a free agent signer. You know what I'm talking I, about? I know guys, what you're talking about. I know guys what you're talking about. Like I, like, I can't think of his name. Try, yeah, we've always tried to force develop guys. You know what I mean? Every year, you got Ken Lofton, who's a G League Rookie of the Year, <laughs> and we and you did not see them looking like they were just. Oh, we got to get Kenny involved in what we're doing, and and they just flat out weren't doing it. I understand he's a second round pick, but man, this guy was showing you he's a player. This guy was averaging like 20 points a game in the G League. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was one of the he was he was awarded to be one of the better players in the G League. And it's like you didn't see that development. Even after Steven Adams got hurt, even after Brandon Clark got hurt, you didn't see a concerted effort. He was on the active roster, but you didn't see that concerted a- effort for him to be a part of what they were doing. This it was all just so strange to me. But I don't I, really think it's gonna change going into the playoffs. But I, I just think that uh the situations that happen with the Grizz, you know, with the John Moran situations, with the injury, whatever. I think it made Taylor Jenkins change some things to me because now it's just like, um, I think his rotations are better now. And then his time out, uh, he called them at the right time. And it's just like, I see he's just fussing at them, telling them what they need to do, whatever. And then sometimes when he do that, they get back right. So I just think that the issues they had like um, in the middle of the season and when they, you know, with the leads and all that, I just think that everything is going to be better mm-hmm. with this team. You know, I think he's figuring things out. Right. I can, like, I can never see it. Just like the players figuring out, he's figuring out things with the roster. And yeah, I just think lot. he's just going to shake things up. And then, like, and then, like, with the contract situation, ugh. Yeah, don't remind me. Okay. But, well, <laughs> you know what? The past couple of games, we didn't have contract. We had G. Yeah, Jitty, Jitty was back. I stopped calling him Jitty. I was calling him John Conchar because I was like, his game didn't deserve a nickname. But we've seen him kind of stepping it up a little bit. Um, I do th- kind of think that people are kind of overreacting to uh, Coach Jenkins. I think that 
you know, in, in the playoffs. I think he knows. You're going to see. Got to remember, man, Tyus Jones, as good as he's been on this team since he's been here, mm-hmm. Tyus Jones, has, Jones hasn't played a lot in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Tyus Jones, like, as good as he is, as much as he contributes to this team, we've seen him play very limited minutes in the playoffs. So I think Coach Jenkins understands the importance of playing the guys who are going to be the dogs, you know what I mean? Going to be your 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 top guys in the playoffs for sure. I'll say okay. Uh, why are the Grizzlies fans so afraid of the Lakers? Oh, uh, me me personally, it's not a fear, but the the playoff whistle makes me anxious for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have guys like Austin Reeves, who are getting the the amount of fouls he's getting per game. He's right. basically a spot of shooter. You know what I mean? So th- that type of stuff gets odd. It's LeBron James. You know, Jaron. You know, has a bad whistle anyway. Um, that I think that's the only thing. I'm I'm not. Plus another thing, just being honest, I, I jumped inside Zach Boyd's uh, tri-state defender, um, grid spaces today, Twitter mm-hmm. spaces today, and um, there are a lot of there are a lot of converted Laker fans that are Grizzly fans, especially mm-hmm. in the black community. There are a lot of us that used to be Laker fans, and that's right. that's almost like a uh, historical thing. I was having a conversation with somebody, and I was like, man. There are a lot of old Laker fans in here because a lot of our, a lot of people meet myself in your age. Our parents grew up as Laker fans during the, we were talking about the Angel Reese and the Caitlin Clark thing, right? Mm-hmm. We were talking about how um, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, basically a, a basketball race war started with the modern day NBA. Like the NBA was fading off the map. And this racial war between black people who like Magic Johnson and therefore like the Lakers and white people who like Larry Bird, and like them walk like the Celtics. Celtics, started this started the NBA as we know it today. You know what I mean? The NBA we know today exists because of the Larry the, the, the Larry Bird Magic Johnson era. That rivalry reignited what was a dying league in the NBA. You know what I mean? So, uh, with that being said, here in the South, there are a lot of Lakers fans who, who like our parents grew up as, as a lot of our parents grew up as Lakers fans, and that made their children Lakers fans, and that's people our age. You know what I mean? That are you know, still Laker fans in the city and their kids have grew up with Kobe Bryant and all these type of things. So um, I think, you know, I think it's a lot of that. People just have that, that fear of the success that the Lakers have had over the years. Although by forgetting the bad or the lean years they've had there as well. Um, plus it's LeBron James, who you know is one of the greatest players of all time. He's approaching 40 years old, but he's still phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We'll see that. We'll see glimpses of that. Plus in the playoffs, he'll have plenty of games rest in between games. So, um, yeah, I get all that, but I still got the Grizzlies winning that series uh, pretty easily. Yeah, because I don't think that um, Minnesota is going to beat the Lakers when, you know, Rudy Gobert, you know, he got that one game suspension for uh, fighting with uh, Kyle Anderson on the bench, which which I thought was odd. And then um, Jaden McDaniels broke his hand. He hit the wall and everything. So it was just like, what what, what the world is up with the uh, Timberwolves? Yeah. People Crazy. say that they want the Timberwolves, but to me, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy out for the Grizzlies. And then it's just like you expect them to be dysfunctional, and they might come in, come up in here and beat them. I, I, I just don't know. So uh, I, I'm not I'm afraid just, of the Lakers, mm-hmm. but it's just like I feel like the Grizzlies going to be ready for whomever. Yeah, I think this Timberwolves team is weird. Um, I think they're super dysfunctional at this point to see that stuff bowl over between Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. That was big. That was a big deal. And Jaden McDaniels was one of my biggest fears with this team because he mm-hmm. took a leap. That dude took a leap. You know what I mean? So 
yeah, I, I I didn't want any part of him really. And um, seeing him go down, with him going down, the stuff will go bare. I'll take I, if Minnesota finds a way to beat the Lakers tomorrow. Sign me up for that for sure. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. So so you think the Grizzlies gonna beat the Lakers regardless? I, I believe whoever comes out, they getting they getting five, maybe six out of us regardless. So. Okay, Jaron Jackson Jr. has taken um, an ascension this year. I mean, we know he's good defensively, but on the offensive level, he's, you know, going to another level. Do you think he's the key to the Grizzlies' playoff run? Who you said, Jaron? Yes, Jaron. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jaron staying on the when – the, when Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the court, even without Steven Adams, the Grizzlies are a very good team. And when you don't have Jaron Jackson Jr., we're not a very good team. So I think that Jaron just simply being able to stay on the court is probably one of the biggest factors, you know, going into the playoffs for sure. Um, I'm confident that he'll do it. Um, I know people lose – people got to think about last time we saw Jaron in, in the in the playoffs, a lot has changed with Jaron since then. We've seen right. Jaron take leaps all across the board, including the fouls, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying that we haven't seen him get in foul trouble any this year because we definitely have, but he's definitely gotten better in it. But mm-hmm. I think that he'll rise to the occasion. I think he'll um, – because Jaron kind of gets into the foul trouble when his emotions start kind of getting all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think if he's able to control that, I think his fouls will be fine. I'm not really I'm not really concerned with that too much at all. And for me, when they get him ball offensively, yeah. when he's not standing in the corner, when he's yep. involved in the offense, he don't get as many fouls. And we're and starting then, to see that Jaron – yeah, go ahead. And then, like, with them, it's just like – Jaron cover up a lot of uh, things that the players don't do. And sometimes it'd be on them when he gets mm-hmm. the foul calls because they lose their man and they know that he's there and sometimes they get the call. So I'm yeah, thinking if they, yeah. I think if they get better defensively on their own, when he be the help defender, I, I just think that he would get less calls because we have seen like the first half, he'll have one foul, two fouls, and then, like, he'll get most of the foul calls, like, late in the game, things of that nature. And I think he's done a better job of controlling it as of late. It's still an issue, but not as bad as it was. Yeah, I, I'm not really concerned with Jaron in the fouls. It, it can be an issue. I think you will have a game or two where you'll see him do that. But I don't think it's going to be the reason why we – why our playoff, you know, destiny is what it is. I think that he'll um, – I think that you'll see Jaron have a tremendous – playoff because he's 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 geared up for it man he's been he's been ex- exceptional the entire season really turned his game up in the middle of the season became uh, towards the end of the season after the all-star break I think the all-star break just really motivated him to, to say hey I am one of the better players in the league and I, he just took his offensive game to the next level when John Morant went out so I'm I'm, I'm I think Jaren's gonna be fine of course it's a fear of course it's, it's an anxiety you have about him in, in that but I think he's gonna be okay Okay, so I uh, uh, read an article on um, from the Ringer today. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. their pub- their publication name, mm-hmm. and they were mentioning the Grizzlies, you know, about the half court offense and all this and that, the defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to figure out Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain, a big part of the Grizzlies offense. Why they didn't mention them two in them two in the article? I don't I don't understand that. <laughs> a lot of these dudes don't do homework. They kind of have a general understanding of what's going on, but they don't right. really care. Yeah, if if these guys, they talk about the Lakers, they'll talk about, you know, teams in their market pretty much, but they don't. I mean, but I don't either. I don't pretend to be a national 
you know, column is easy though, but these guys, they don't, they just don't do the homework. They just don't know. Um, just like there's a commercial that plays on 92.9 all the time where it's uh, Keyshawn Johnson and he's, um, he's talking about like, why didn't the Grizzlies, why didn't the Grizzlies make a splash? Like they needed this, they needed that. Why didn't they make a splash? And it's like, he just don't know. He just don't know the demographic, how we made up. And people talk about, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, their, their problem is going to be shooting or you know, they need shooting. And we and the best shooter in the NBA is on our roster. You know what I mean? So they don't, and probably the second best is on our roster too. So people just they don't really know. They don't do the homework. But see, like for me, it's just like when say for instance, if I don't know about team, I will look at the stats, try to find something before I talk about it. You're also not arrogant. I know I'm not arrogant, but you know it's just I mean? like you, you feel like I want to look dumb. But yeah. look, I don't want to look dumb. Care. That's why I do my homework. Yeah, they don't care. Those guys, they don't, you know, at the end of the day, they don't feel like, they feel like whatever they say is golden. So just ride with it. All right. Okay, yeah. so let's get to Luke Kennard. Do you think mm -hmm. that he's the X factor in this Grizzlies playoff run? Because a lot of people, you know, when they traded for him, they was like, well, we should have got this player, that player, that player. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm so glad that a lot of folks were wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like this um, dude can flat out shoot. Yeah, I, I definitely love Luke Kennard's game. I was one of the main people screaming from the mountaintops, y'all need to do something. Because Luke, because uh, 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 John Conchar was our best wing player off the bench. David Roddy hadn't turned the corner really, hadn't turned the corner at all. You know, Tyus Jones was whatever Tyus was. I was like, dude, y'all have to do something. I was going crazy, like, but there's no way that we're going to take this into the playoffs. And when they got Luke Kennard, I was fine. I was like, y'all did something. You get, you acquired one of the better shooters in the league. I'm totally down for that. And he's been – he's exceeded my expectations. You're talking about a guy who – there will be a jumbo three-point shooting game from Luke Kennard where he's making six, seven, eight threes in a game. That's going to happen. And you're going to um, definitely feel his impact in the playoffs. I think that's definitely going to happen. Uh, um, X factor, I, I kind of agree with that, but I think that Dylan Brooks would be a, a more of a, a bigger X factor. Because oh, if really? Dylan plays, if Dylan if Dylan Brooks plays a controlled like good Dylan Brooks playoff series or just playoff season, I think he could be the difference between us winning the championship or not. I think I think that if if Jaren's playing well, Bane's playing well, you, you're not worried about Ja, you're not worried about Bane. You got your question marks about Jaren, but if Dylan locks in and he's being an elite level defender all over the court doing what he has to do, taking good shots not having those games where he shoots us out of games, I believe that alone could could be a, a, a very crucial X factor. But I do definitely agree with you on Luke Kennard. But I know that um, if we see if we see good Dylan Brooks, we could definitely – that could definitely be something that could just, you know, make make us go, you know, as far as possible. You mean a pimp named Slickback? Yeah, whatever, whatever we call him, Dylan Brooks, with his vampire pimp. Entourage, uh, ensemble he had on yesterday. Yesterday, he needed need to wear that long hair game one too, man. Right, right. Look, yesterday my husband <laughs> said he going, he was going for the Jesus look, you know, because it was Easter, <laughs> Easter Sunday. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he should rock that game one for sure. He, he, okay, so so you think okay, like Sunday. What time you think? I'm like it's a guess here. What time you think? I think the game time and what station is going to be on depending if the Grizzlies mm -hmm. play the Lakers or not. So if the yeah, Grizzlies play the Lakers, we're going to be on ABC. Prime time, I, big game, yeah. I think it's probably going to be at 2.30 or 3 o'clock. What you think? 
I'm not really sure. I can't remember how um, the Sunday playoff games go. I think the bigger deal games are like early in the afternoon. Early in the afternoon. Yeah, so uh, we'll probably get the the big time. Uh, whatever whatever the, the biggest game is, if it's the Lakers, we'll get that one. Yeah, if but it's if, it's, if not, if not, it's gonna be later on. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anthony, um, I thank you for coming on. We did oh, this short podcast. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you. You know, uh, usually I would have had you on before, but our schedule was like sort always, of, probably. <laughs> always, always. But I, uh, I appreciate yeah. you coming on, and uh, we're gonna have to um do another podcast. You know, doing the playoffs. Right. All for right. Sure. All right. Holla. Thank All you right, for then. coming on. All right. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.